Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks today. Uh, We're just thrilled for this opportunity to come to you with our 49th podcast. Uh, We're talking out of the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 12 today. Uh, We've talked about Romans chapter 12 being an outline for our lives, for for a Christian life, and how how it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, what our trials are, uh, where they're coming from. That doesn't matter. What does matter is our service to God and putting things into perspective and I, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I've just had a great time looking at Romans 12 and how we can apply that to our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great blessing to me, too. Yeah, yeah, and I learned more. The, the farther we go, the deeper. And so we've talked about all kinds of things. We began in chapter 12 uh, about that complete surrender, about not conforming to this crazy world, uh, about not being old, arrogant, and all those types of things, about the different gifts God's given given us. We, we've spoke as we went through chapter 12. We, we've talked about our ministry. We've talked about the way we should love without hypocrisy. We've talked about being kind. We've talked about doing business God's way, boiling over with the spirit of God in us, being, being different, looking different, acting different because Jesus Christ saved us. And uh, we went on just, uh, uh, we talked about having hope, rejoicing in hope, being patient in those trials. And we talked about distributing to the necessity of saints and giving to the hospitality about how we take care of each other, look out for the brethren, how we pursue, actively pursue people who need our help uh, as Christians, as people who are blood-bought, that we try to make a difference in their life. And now we're at a place, bless them, and uh, we're in Romans 12, uh, chapter 12, verse number 14, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. So he, so God's saying, bless them, and then he's saying, hang on, bless. He's telling us a second time, bless and curse not. And, uh, you know, times get hard, and, and boy, we can get slapped around in this world, and, and things come up, and, and, and God's telling us, he's telling us to bless them, uh, to, you know, and, and that word bless to me literally means speak well of them. Uh, do right things by them, bless them, talk, a, you know, someone's bad mouthing you and God wants us to say, oh, he's a good guy or she's a good gal. And, uh, and we're no strangers. Nobody listening to this or nobody talking on this or no one listening in has ever been in a place where we've been free from bickering, lying, uh, being persecuted, being hurt. Uh, but God's word is clear that we're blood bought. We're different. We're living for the kingdom. And when you're that way, when you're that way, you bless them that persecute you. Well, Stephanie, it's, it's great to have you with us again. Stephanie Wesco is with us. And as we look at this verse and as we talk about these blessing, these people who've hurt us, blessing these people who've really hurt us and uh, who write about us, who talk about us, who, who do different things, who misrepresent us, who malign us, who, uh, who try to make us look bad and them look good. And God's answer to that is bless them. What say you in that area? I think I say that uh, you can only do this if you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus is the only one. You know, our human flesh 
this is this is a completely non-natural response in our human flesh and um you know i think we 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 saw the life of christ demonstrate this um you know as he was hung on that cross and you know when he was reviled he reviled not again you know when he was treated horribly threatened not um, he committed himself to his father and to his heavenly father and um you know i think it's important to point out this does not mean you condone sin right um you know you have the balancing coin of jesus went into the temple and overthrew the money changers tables he had righteous indignation you know he called the pharisees out as why did sepulchers um so you know you're not you're not condoning sin this doesn't mean that when you see sin going on you just say oh that's okay no that's not what this is saying this is saying when you're attacked you take it to god yeah and you pray you know i think of what jesus said love your enemies do good to them to take you pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you and um you know that's something god does in your heart and in your life and um i have to i think when i think of this verse i think of um as I had read um, stories of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, I had often wondered how, how did they love, how did Elizabeth Elliot love yeah. those Indians enough to go to them with the gospel, to pursue them in a sense, as we learned about in verse 13, how did she do that? How did she love, how did she bless those people who had, cursed her in the worst possible way yeah, yeah and um i had even asked god to show me what that love looked like yeah yeah and for those and, of you and, and just one minute stephanie if you would just for those of you who don't know who jim and elizabeth elliott was and and their situation was much like charles and stephanie wesco and jim uh, and elizabeth elliott were called to be missionaries in the amazon and uh, as they went down there, Jim and several of his uh, fellow missionaries were murdered and uh, uh, became great martyrs for the cause, much like Charles Wesco. And it's very close to Stephanie's heart. And, uh, and Elizabeth went back uh, to those people and uh, was able to share the gospel with them and, uh, and to uh, make a difference. And that's, that's what Stephanie's talking about. So Stephanie, sorry, I just wanted to catch folks. No, up on that. you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I had asked God, you know, God to show me what that love looks like. And sometimes we pray things that later on we're like, what was I thinking when I prayed that? But the day Charles was killed, I will never be able to explain the incredible love and desire to bless that God gave me and that he just, I mean, filled my heart overflowing with a love and a desire to see whoever had shot Charles to be saved and um, to be able to have a chance, you know, to come to know the Lord Jesus as his or her savior. And, um, you know, I remember in the days, you know, leading up to our evacuation as we, drove back to the capital city and and trying to think of some way couldn't we stay in the country wasn't there a way to you know I didn't want to leave 
I did not want to leave Cameroon. Yeah. And, um, you know, as our plane took off, I remember just weeping because God had given me such a love through Charles' death. He had given me a level of love that I could never put into words. It was supernatural, a supernatural love for the people there and specifically for whoever was responsible for Charles' death and just an overwhelming desire to see that person saved. And yes, from the hum- from this world, from this world's perspective, from a human perspective, whoever that person was who shot Charles and who tried to kill all of us that day should have qualified as my worst enemy, should have qualified as that definition of cursing. You know, it's someone who has cursed, someone who has persecuted. And yet, I had absolutely no desire. I still have no desire for revenge. Um, no desire to see that person um, die without Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, I think that's, to me, that's what that verse says, is that blessing means loving as Christ loved and giving as Christ gave. And I think of Corey Tim Boom. And the example she set, you know, when she met one of the prison guards who had been in that concentration camp where she and her sister Betsy were and how she forgave that man. And, you know, that's a supernatural thing to forgive someone who has traumatized you. And no, it doesn't mean you necessarily ever trust them again. It doesn't mean you maybe have a close relationship, but God gives you the strength to bless them that have persecuted you and to pray for them. I think that blessing includes praying, um, praying for them, praying that God will work in their hearts and their lives and praying that they'll come to know what a real relationship with Jesus looks like because that's the bottom line. If we're showing them the love of Christ and they're saved, they come to know Jesus, that's the most important thing. As you said, it's that kingdom living perspective. It's that living for eternity. It's that laying treasures up in heaven. And, you know, if you're if you're hating someone who's hurt you, you know, if you've been persecuted for righteousness sake, but that you turn that, pers- you know, what's happened to you, you turn into, you know, a, a person filled with, hey, you're not, God can't work through you. He can't glorify himself through you. And, you know, we're going to be hurt. There's, you know, there's that constant battle in this world because of sin of people who are trying to live for God. And then people who hate God, who hate his ways. And that's not going to end. I mean, Jesus Jesus lived the example of what that looks like of being persecuted. And sometimes it may be from religious people. Um, but the bottom line is a part of being, you know, it's being a living sacrifice. You can't, you can't be a living sacrifice for Jesus if you can't. Yeah. If you can't bless and love and pray. Well, it's it, you know what makes it so hard is, you know, we don't know how to do this. And, and you know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call on to me and I will answer thee and show the great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is a, it, it takes a mighty thing to bless somebody who murders your husband. It takes a mighty thing to uh, even at a smaller level, Stephanie, for the people out here listening right now, it takes a, a mighty God 
uh, to to look to people and uh, who are persecuting you, who are hurting you. It takes a mighty God to show us how to get through that. And and uh, yeah, so as you look at that and as uh, as you're going through that, Stephanie. Now, where did uh, when did you realize that you had to let go of hate? Did you ever have hate for those who shark uh, Charles? How how was that emotion? Not to dig too deep, but how, how did that emotion come to you there? No, I have never, I have never had a twinge of hate for whoever killed Charles Mm. and, um, shock that it happened. Yes. I mean, I remember in that initial hour, just, you know, being in shock that someone would, you know, it's like, we just got here. (laughs) How could we have made enemies this fast? Um, but you know, it doesn't, it didn't matter. You know, we were there as, as God's ambassadors. We weren't there for us. And God never, you know, I never battled this hate. I never battled with anger. It was, it was, it was that just God gave me an incredible sense of, if I can say pity. And, um, my heart broke for whoever had killed Charles because I knew that Charles was in heaven. And so there was a peace that came with that of knowing that he was ready to meet the Lord. He, he desired to be found faithful and God had given him his heart's desire. That was his ultimate desire was to be found faithful and to finish his course with joy. And God had given him his heart's desire, but I knew that eternity looked very grim for whoever had killed him. And so immediately there was no sense in my heart of wanting vengeance. I mean, God just, it was a gift from the Lord, honestly, that I never had to struggle with that, with the anger, with the um, wanting revenge, anything like that. God totally took that, took that away or kept it from me. And, um, you know, my children still today, Every single evening when we have family devotions, at least one of them, ironically enough, my son, who was in that car that day and saw his dad. Yeah. He still prays for Cameron every day. Oh, man. And uh, And that's God's love. That's what that blessing looks like. And that's such an answer to prayer for me, that my kids, that my kids are experiencing that goodness of God, of being able to bless. And, and folks, that's the crux of this whole message. That's uh, that's where the rubber hits the road is right here as we wind down tonight is to, to bless them that persecute you. And that's finding that place is there in Jeremiah 33, 3 is calling on God. That's the only place you're going to find that and, and not hating these people. And it's saying, and don't curse them. I mean, God's saying not only do we speak well of them, but there should be no cursing of them. There should be, uh, this is this is a hard thing. This is kingdom living, folks. This is a, uh, or as Stephanie says, living for eternity. This is, this is a different level. This is, uh, this is where God does his work. And, and I know over in 1 John 5, 13, it says, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And, 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 and folks, if you haven't been persecuted, it's coming. If you haven't been lied about, it's coming. 
Uh, people have uh, wrote about Stephanie and I on Facebook, and we're not doing anything wrong to anybody. Uh, listen, it's coming. There are people out there that persecute you. There are people out there that are going to hurt you, and your response is one of God. And, and friends, it's found right here in Romans chapter 12, an outline for Christian life. And verse number 14, bless them which persecute you, and bless and curse not. Well, we're honored. Uh, beyond honored to come into your earwaves today. We sure do love you folks in the Lord. We're praying for you and may God bless you and give you a wonderful day. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.